Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenflows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Osman. In this episode, we are going to be reviewing How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, as well as talking about the Oscars. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Uh, well, you went with Osmond today. That's interesting. Yeah, sorry. Customer service voice. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go with Osmond, but I kind of flipped. I had a headset on. I was like, Osmond, how you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was uh, we're already off to a flying start, you know? It's like you come you come out of your uh, dental situation just a new person, you know? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, man. I just freaking it was so weird. <laughs> like I felt weird saying it. Like as soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Well, you know, I, honestly, like if people are like annoyed with us, I completely understand at this point. We've missed so many episodes just this year so far, and not only that, but we never even like talked about some, like the major categories at the Oscars. You know, we just skipped a lot this year, and um, you know, I understand if you're upset. You know, hopefully we can improve as we go on, but some of these things are literally uncontrollable. And uh, also, uh, a, sadly, a symptom of us living so far apart from each other. Uh, <laughs> it just is what it is, so we apologize for that. But that being said, uh, we're going to start with How to Train Your Dragon. Um, this, is, this is a trilogy now. That's crazy. And... It's like a really good trilogy too, isn't that weird? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say it's one of the best. I, honestly, like, yeah. I gotta, go, I gotta go through the decade, and but, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was on my top ten. Yeah. In the last decade, I mean, it was really good. I mean, I loved one, I really loved two, and three was really amazing. Yeah. So I mean, I I really liked it. Yeah. I love this whole entire trilogy. I'm probably gonna buy. Uh, randomly, I only bought the second one. <laughs> well, in my opinion, it's the best one, but <laughs> understand. But yeah, it's this trilogy is like it's just one of those that's like really solid all the way through. Like, I I think the second one is the best one in my opinion. But beyond that, like this is a really good movie. First one's a really good movie. Like it's just a solid trilogy that has uh, moments of greatness. And uh, yeah, it's a it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, so. I, I guess you can kind of gather right there our overall thoughts is like we think this is a good movie uh, because it finishes <laughs> the trilogy off well. Um, in theme, I think it's very reminiscent of uh, Toy Story 3. <laughs> like, it, especially like some of the themes that it touches on towards the end, I, I think that they are were definitely aiming for a same kind of idea. And this is a great way to close out this trilogy. I, I do think that. So uh, do you have any... Um, initial thoughts before we get into positives? Uh, great visuals, as always. Great action. And I, I will say that this is one of the most... I think this is the most intense one. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Like, like there were yeah. really intense moments in here. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. 
so, all right, so a little bit of a recap of what this movie is, um, or what it's about. It's basically about uh, our same old duo of Hiccup and Toothless, and they're basically amassing, like, this <laughs> colony of dragons, essentially. <laughs> like, they, their entire town is overrun. They're collecting so many of them. Uh, some would argue too many of them. And they become a huge target for all of these people who want to capture and or kill dragons. And they basically come to the conclusion that they can no longer stay where they are. They need to try to find a place that these dragons can live and that they can uh, kind of live apart from everybody else and live protected. Um, obviously, there's a villain who kind of in initiates that uh, thought process. But, um, yeah. And... I think the story of this movie, I, I think, re wor really works well. Like, they have, we establish a villain who is rather intimidating, and then we get, there's a real sense of, and I think this plays off what you're talking about, Ozzy, we get a real sense of um, just urgency, right? Like, yeah. we, we get a sense of they need, like, they need to get out of here. And this needs to be done. And but there's also this sense of um, kind of uh, because Game of Thrones has been on the mind recently, uh, kind of like this Jon Snow type thing where the, their leader is kind of unassuming. He doesn't really think that he deserves to be their leader. And he also is having to make decisions and having all of these people around him second guess him and thinking, I don't know about this. Like this is, it, are you making the right, right call here? And I think they kind of established that really well. And Hiccup's kind of development throughout the series is something that needs to be talked about. Like it's really, really cool to watch this character develop from the first movie all the way until now to, and to where he is at the end of this movie. Like I, think it's really well drawn out yeah i mean he's really cool i think he's like one of the best one of the most developed characters um i mean animated series i mean just from his initial transition in in, in his introduction to us as an audience and towards his exit i think it's really interesting of, of where he's left off and i do like the fact that in this series you do see him go through like you do see him age and I think that's something unique about this movie is that you do see characters age. Um, so I do like that fact. And you do see that time does transcend in this animated movie. Um, and I do like that. And I do like the themes of this movie. Um, again, beautiful animation. I think this is just as good as the second movie with its animation. Really, really, really amazing. Um, and I, I love the villain in this movie. Very, uh, very, anta very antagonizing. Um, and he was very, um, very menacing and very, he, like very menacing for a villain. I think he's one of our most menacing villains, if not the most menacing villain that we've had. And he was really, um, really a different kind of villain for Hiccup. You know what I'm saying? It was very different for him. And this was his, this was his hardest challenge. Yeah, I, I who who voices the villain? Because I think he has a pretty interesting. Uh... F. Murray Abraham. Oh really? Okay, yes. that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I I think that <laughs> he's a really good villain. I I agree with you completely. Um, let's talk about the the female uh, Night Fury or the Bright Fury or whatever they end up. Oh, the Light, Light Fury. Fury, yeah. Um, 
I think that was something that when you see it in the trailer, you go, okay, that could be a little cheesy, but, like, it looks pretty cool. And then the way that they kind of use it as a device in this movie, I think it works really well. Like, there's layers to it, like, uh, with why, um, like, with why it's even in this story to begin with, and, um, and then also just the flat out, the relationship with, uh, Toothless. Like, I think it's really cute, and it really, um, it works. It surprisingly didn't feel all that, like, kind of cheesy, like I was a little bit expecting it to. Yeah, I really liked it. And I really liked how the roles kind of reversed, because I, I think in the first movie, if I remember correctly, Toothless was trying to eventually help Hiccup get with Astrid. And then I like it in this movie, how like you like how you saw Hiccup trying to help Toothless get this Light Fury. So mm. I thought it was really funny how like the roles reversed and how close they, it was kind of, it was like, it, it was such a bro moment. And it was so funny just seeing Hiccup just trying to help him get her. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. It was it was super funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can totally tell that Toothless is, 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 is a heartless romantic. And I really liked that fact because it was, it was really cute to see him just kind of impress her with everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, the last thing I really want to talk about is the animation. I mean, it's great as usual. Um, I don't think, well... I don't know, like, I, I, I want to say it wasn't, like, it didn't hit me as, like, much as the second one, but, I mean, maybe that's just because, like, I have seen it before in the second one, but I, I think this the animation is really good here, and I think it's worth noting as well. Yeah, especially when you, when you, in, in, a, in a very, I'm not going to go into detail about this particular mm-hmm. scene, yeah. but I love that scene, and I think that's <laughs> one of the standout yeah. scenes for me. I'm not going to go into it. Um, well, I mean, it, look, it's called the you, hidden you, world. There's a sequence yeah. where they're in the hidden world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think because I think the sequence that you and I really love is that opening scene and yeah. that opening sequence where you see the like you see like the detail in the water and yeah. everything, and it's just super, super amazing. And you see that compared to here, it doesn't really have that much going for it. But it's still really beautiful animation, especially yeah. when you do get to the hidden world, and it's really beautiful throughout that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I love it because they add a ton of new dragons here again, um, and 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 you just see a lot of these your relationships kind of develop, and you see characters having chemistry with other characters that they wouldn't necessarily have. So I really did like that aspect of characters, you know, kind of mixing more than more than they did in previous uh, in the previous sequ- in the previous sequels. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really an amazing movie. Um, and, and again, beautiful animation. So I, I, I will give it to the voice cast and to the people who made this movie. It's it's a really beautiful movie and a great way to end the trilogy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on into negatives. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest negative that I probably have with this is, I think there's a little bit of a basic problem. Like, it feels like it, there's a chunk in the movie where I think it gets, like, a little bit repetitive and we kind of hit the same beats, like, twice. Um, but that's even not really a negative. Like, I don't have too many complaints with this movie, to be honest. Um, do you have... What negatives do you have, though? I'm curious. I will say, like, there's not as much action yeah. As there was in the in the second one. Because I think that was the whole thing. Because I mean, even watching 
I was really, I mean, I watched this movie, I watched the second one on Saturday, and mm-hmm. that whole sequence where they go to Valka's lair with all her dragons, and you have that beautiful sequence with all these dragons fighting this entire Viking army, um, and it's intense. Um, it, it's it's that moment, you know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's one of the pinnacle points of the movie. Um, and we really didn't get that here. That's where it, that kind of fell short, in my opinion. We really didn't get that. I think in this movie, which it's not necessarily a negative in, 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 to a degree, because this this movie had a lot more intense moments. Uh, there were these dragons, uh, you know, this guy, this villain's dragons were very intense, uh, very menacing, very, very dangerous, very uh, a mm-hmm. lot, da- a lot more dangerous. I would say just because they're smaller. Um, and they have different, they have different sets of powers that no one has seen before. Mm-hmm. So it was very dangerous. So I'll say in this regard, the movie kind of is a step above the second one, but I mean, it's, it's hard to, again, we didn't get that pinnacle great battle sequence with everybody kind of fighting and, and everything like that. I mean, we did, but it just wasn't as big uh, as the second one. So that's, that's what I'll say was a negative. There wasn't as much. Uh, grand action sequences as I would have liked to see. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I said, I don't really have too many negatives. I just don't think that like overall, like if you act, if you ask me which movie like hit me with kind of like a tr- like <laughs> just kind of bold bold me over <laughs> like with my emotions and like got me like super like invested. It's the second one. Uh, this one, it doesn't necessarily hit me as hard, but it still, like, does a really good job of what it does. And, um, yeah, I, I overall really enjoy this movie. Um, the And oh, one one thing with the villain, though. Uh, I do think that he... I don't know if... I would say he's the best villain that we've had. I think the, the villain from the second one... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Drago. Drago, yeah. Uh, I think he's really good. Um, but this this villain, I think, is probably, like... He's kind of creepy and more int- intimidating just in performance. Like, I think uh, it's F. Murray Abraham. Yes, F. Murray. I think F. Murray Abraham does a really good job, like, with the performance on the performance end of things. But I also think that we're told, like, how super intelligent this guy is. And he also just kind of stumbles into things, like, uh, when he's tracking them. Like, there is something that's super, like, incidental that was clearly not part of his initial plan that like, he uses just because, like, it just kind of happens that way. And I think there's moments like that throughout where it's just like, okay, well, this is happening because the story says it's happening. Um, but, again, that's kind of... I'm really nitpicking here. Like, I'm just trying to come up with negatives, to be honest. Um, all right. You want to rate this movie? Yes. I'm going to give this movie an, uh, this movie an 8.9. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm giving this movie... Uh, I'm giving it an 8.3. I think this is a great movie and another great addition to this franchise, to be honest. Um, I just, I love the way it wrapped up, so. Do you think it's better than Lego Movie? Than the second part of Lego Movie? Yes. yes. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no um, pointless musical sequences in this, so that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, let's move on and talk a little bit about the Oscars. Ozzy, you said you weren't going to watch the Oscars. Did you keep to that? Yes, I did. All right. Um, what was that experience like then? Because it's been a while since you haven't watched. 
I mean, it's been a, it's been a year because there hasn't been Oscars in a year. I, I know, um, but like it's been, yeah, but like you know what I mean. Like you've watched every year at least every year since we started the podcast, and I know yeah, uh, a I mean, little bit was, before that was, too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely weird because um, I knew it was on, so it was. Uh, I mean, were you follow like I mean, it was? Was there internet memes that you were missing out on? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I personally, I, personally, I didn't. One, I didn't care to watch, and I didn't feel just because there wasn't a host. One, two, I didn't feel the right to care as much for this year's Oscars as much, just because I didn't see. I, 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 this yeah. is the Oscars where I was like, I saw the least amount of things, just because. Same you know, to be we honest, had a, we had a lot going on. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's just like it, it was hard for me to be like, man, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, actually care. Um, there is a couple of things that I did hear that, I, you know, that we'll talk about. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to go that, through the categories, especially yeah, the ones we, the we didn't talk about beforehand. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but yeah, so, uh, okay. The, I think everyone's big takeaway from this, which I surprisingly agree with, and I'm going to be curious to, uh, if you've heard this take and if, uh, you kind of are surprised by it. It doesn't need a host. It kind of worked without it, <laughs> to be honest. I didn't see it. I didn't. No, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it. So I can't really. I can't really. No, but say are, are yes you no. are you surprised that that's the major takeaway from like everyone who watched it was wow we didn't need a host. That's like a, yeah, I mean, that's that was, the that popular was, opinion. That was, Does that surprise you? Yeah, that was that was the popular opinion. Yeah, that that, that did surprise me. Yeah, was it still good without? So it was really good without the host then. Yeah, I I don't think you need it. If anything, it cuts at least ten minutes off the show because you don't have the opening monologue. Like it's <laughs> they just jumped right into it. Now it started off a little shaky. Not gonna lie. All right, uh, we're gonna t- start talking about the show if you haven't noticed. Um, so it started off a little shaky with uh, basically a. Clean, a Queen concert with uh, I don't even know who the guy was that was doing the Freddie Mercury uh, role, um, but they they literally did a Queen concert. Essentially, they played two songs, and that was the beginning of the show. And you're just like, what the frick is going on? Like, are we now? Is the Oscars like a concert for rich people that people watch on TV? Like, is that what this is? But then once that was <laughs> over, um, they basically had um, they had Amy Poehler or is it Amy Poehler? Yeah, I think it was Amy Poehler. Uh, Tina Fey and, um, oh, I, crap, I can't remember who the other, the third person was, and I'm going to hate myself for not remembering. But they had these th- these three funny people, essentially. Uh, do They did the first award for, um, they always start with supporting actress, right? Um, and they basically used that as the pseudo-opening monologue. Like, it was just them three. They had a little bit longer of a time to introduce the category just and just mess around. And I think it worked. And a lot of people are like saying, "Oh, they should host the Oscars next year." And it's like, I don't. I mean, fine. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to that. They were really funny. Um, but I, I think it works. Like, just have the whoever you think is going to be the funniest and get people into it the most. Like, have them present the first category, give them a little bit more time, and boom, you're done. You don't need these like bits in the middle of the thing where the host is like playing a joke or making fun of something, like, in the middle of the show for no reason. Like, you don't need that. Um, you you can have that kind of naturally in the presenters, you know, that you choose to have present the categories. So I, I think I think overall the show really works, um, or the show really worked to, in that respect. Um, 
There were some awkward moments here and there, some speeches that were just like, they were not prepared for this at all, or they are not prepared for the stage at all. Um, and there was like some bits that didn't work, like for makeup, or no, for costume design, like uh, they had Brian Tyree Henry, and uh, I can't remember who the other person was, but they had them come out in like these big, like elegant dresses, and like this, like it was supposed to be, like it wasn't that funny, it was supposed to be funny. Um, so there are moments that doesn't work, but overall, like, I think that it just kind of flowed really well, and it was a little bit shorter. Um, the interesting thing to note is that this is the first time in, like, five years that the ratings have risen for the Oscars, and I think a lot of that, I know people are trying to be optimistic, and people are trying to say, oh, okay, so what they did kind of worked. I think a lot of that has to do with the curiosity factor, like, people were expecting it to be a train wreck, so they check in just to see the train wreck, um, now maybe it works and it holds next year or goes up next year. I, I don't know, but it's it, just interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just hoping that they don't continue to make these terrible decisions and then go back on them. Like I'm honestly, I've gotten to the point where I'm more annoyed with the fact that they won't like stick to a decision than with the decisions that they're actually making. <laughs> It's really dumb. Like, why Why do you keep making these decisions and then you get the public reaction and then you're like, oh, wait, never mind, we're do not doing that. Um, it's just so, so stupid. But anyway, um, all right, you want to work our way down from, like, the most important categories? What do you want to do? Or you want to start with the acting ones? What do you, you want to do? We can, we can, you're, you can take the, you can take the lead on this uh, if you decide. All right, let's just work our way down because, you know, I'm looking at a list and it starts with pictures. So that's what we're going to do. All right. <laughs> um, so obviously, Green Book one. Uh, you saw Green Book, correct? Yes. Okay. Have you seen the internet reaction to this? I don't understand the backlash with this movie. I like, don't either. Spike, Spike Lee, like Spike Lee, like, I yeah. was actually very upset with him on how he reacted. Yeah, it I was mean, kind of with, classless, like, to was, be honest. Yeah, like I, was I hate speaking, to say that, but I mean, I mean, even, I was speaking to my cousin's husband, uh, Emmanuel, and he was just like. Yeah, I think Black Klansman should have won. I'm just like, I mean, I'm like, did you see Green Book? And he was like, no. But still, and I was like, no. <laughs> it's not how that <laughs> works, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I've seen most of them. I think the only one I have not seen is the only ones I haven't seen is Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite advice. Yeah. Everything else I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I wouldn't have minded if it went to Green Book. I wouldn't have minded if it went to any of these besides Roma. Roma is the only thing I actually would have taken out of here, but. I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I don't think Green Book was a terrible choice. I think it was still a great movie. I don't understand why Spike Lee was so They're, upset about it. Uh, like, people, it, it blows okay. my mind. I mean, if it's about I've this tried whole to, yeah, racial thing. Yeah, I think that's what it. Okay, I've tried to like, and, and it's so. Yeah. For me, it's at this point, it's like, first of all, one of the leads is is an African American, and this takes this is honestly about you know, racial diversity. And it talks about that in this film. Okay, let me play and, the devil's advocate just, here. All right. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like, this is what I've gathered from, like, all these people who are super upset about this. I don't agree, but this is what their takeaway is, essentially, is that this is, number one, a white savior movie, is a phrase I've heard, heard thrown around, like, this white guy's coming in to save the day, which, I, that's, to me, that's, like, the worst argument that I've heard about this. Like, that's not at all what this is. Like, I, I don't see how you watch this movie, and that's your takeaway. Uh, the other one is that it doesn't really 
go deep into the issues that they should have, and it doesn't respect the issues uh, of racism in the South in the 60s. Like, that's not the focal point of the movie. The focal point of the movie is these two guys, and they're kind of like, they're, they're a buddy relationship and, uh, you know, how they become friends, right? That, where the movie is called Green Book, about this book that they use to navigate the South, essentially, just to make sure that they don't... Uh, run into too many problems, right? And they don't take enough time to explore the complexities of the situation at that time and even how it relates to today. And the real pain that was experienced not only by um, this lead character, but also, or by Don Shirley, but also just people in general in the South. So they don't, they think it was, it took a very serious issue and just kind of painted over it with a happy-go-friendly, happy-go-lucky, friendly brush. But to me, when I hear those complaints, my response is like, that's, that has nothing to do with the movie, though. That's like your, what you wanted it to be. That's not like a criticism of the movie itself. That's just saying like, well, it wasn't this. Well, yeah, okay, it wasn't that. So judge it for what it was. And for what it was, it was a heartfelt story about these two very unlikely people becoming good friends. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like the trailer wasn't misleading. You exactly. Know what I'm like, like they didn't they didn't they didn't advertise, you know, extremeness like you know, that you know, this wasn't a trailer, an intense trailer, you know, about Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. The trailers sold you what you got in the movie. Exactly. That's what I don't understand. It, it's a friendship about two completely different people from two completely different races, you know, and, and that are coming together, you know, with, with a black man being the boss of a white guy, right? And, and, and they form this, this bond together because, you know, he's starting to see what the black guy is, you know, what, 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 what his boss is going through essentially right mm-hmm. and, and and it's a beautiful friendship really turned into it because he even teaches his 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 employee how to write letters to his wife how to be better how to you know be be better than the status quo and that is awesome both of these men learned something from one another and that's what you took away you took away a beautiful friendship that started and that I learned lasts for many years uh, until these until these two men had passed away, um, and it blows my mind that you know it, that people focus on that. Like, uh, yeah, it, it get like this is guys. This is we're supposed to be. This is uh, it's getting to the point where it's really annoying <laughs> that like yeah. you 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 get so like this is this is a movie about unity. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? So why are you getting so upset that this movie won? Yeah, uh, this is this is this is how society should be. Two races coming together, finding co- finding common uh, common ground, learning from one another, and and just being so at peace with each other, so so great with one another. But no, we're taken away from that because what we didn't discuss the the negative the the, the negative things that happened in the South that, that that they did showcase a little bit, but that wasn't the point of the movie. And it blows my mind that people just just focus on that. Like get like get that out of your head. Focus on the on the positive. Yeah, 
Maybe, it's so ridiculous. Maybe dude. the issue more for people is subtlety. Like, it doesn't... This movie's not subtle, okay? Like, I've, I've said that... Like, I think I said that in the review. Like, it's not, it's not a subtle movie, right? This is a movie that... It has what it wants to say, and it says it in a very just open, upfront way. Upfront way about it, and I think that's why the majority of like people who watch this movie enjoy it. Um, I, I think a lot of the more critic uh, realm is the area where this movie is struggling. Um, I, I know some critics who hate this movie, and I. That's the aspect of it that I don't understand. Like people were thinking that. Ozzy, do you know the movie Crash? Have you ever seen Crash? Yes. Okay, I've never seen Crash, but it is infamously, I've never seen it, so I can't speak to this, but it is known as the worst best picture winner of all time. It's known as a bad movie, a legitimate bad movie that won best picture. I have never seen it, I can't speak to it, but people were comparing this movie to Crash on on the internet the night that it won. I And to me, that just... There are people who are legitimately calling this movie a bad movie, and I, I can understand if you say that it didn't necessarily go in the direction you want it to go or talk about the things you want it to talk about, or maybe you think it was subtle and it was a little cheesy. But to say this movie is bad and on the level of what I'm assuming is a bad movie and Crash, again, never seen it. Um, I forgot the entirety of Crash. I just know I saw it when I was, like, <laughs> a kid. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it in like twelve years. But, I mean, but I the fact that people are literally like saying this is a bad movie, I I really don't understand that. Look, I don't. I wouldn't have voted for this movie. I don't think it is best picture of the year. I wouldn't have voted for it out of the options here. I would have given it to Vice or The Favorite because those were the two best movies of the year. Um, but it's just it's strange to me. Um. You know, you want to talk about another movie, speaking of Spike Lee, you want to talk about another movie that is that has moments where it is very on the nose and does not have any subtlety at all. It's the subtlety of a sledgehammer, and that is Black Klansman. <laughs> um, when it starts talking about the comparisons to today's politics, um, I felt like I was getting a headache from being hit on the head with that. So, like, let's calm down there, Spike Lee, is what I have to say to that. But, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there was this whole five minutes, you know, you yeah. had a great movie, but then you had a lecture at the end. <laughs> completely took me out of the movie. Yeah, so like, let's like, calm down, Spike Lee. This is what I have to say <laughs> exactly. to that. <laughs> like, relax. I, yeah. You know, for me, me, you know, it is, and I'm very disappointed in Spike Lee because you should. The moment he won for writing is great, by the way, which we'll get to. That's, that's fine, but you should be humble because I'm pretty sure when all those writers lost who were nominees, they were humble towards him. So the fact that he can't even be humble towards the people who work really hard to make Green Book good. And now he's, like, now it's this whole sensation that he wasn't happy about the nomination. Like, like I don't understand that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's one thing that I will never, I will never understand. You cannot expect to be, like, you, it's, it's so, it's so strange to me. Like, it, it really blows my mind. Yeah. What if Roma won? What if Roma won? I, that was what it was what, expected what, to win. That was probably the what, favorite. What, but what if? But what if Roma won? Yeah. Oh well, there wasn't any. There wasn't any. You know, there wasn't any very serious. You know, <laughs> but you know, racial situations going on in that movie. Like, well, I don't nobody's a, nobody's accusing accusing Roma no, of lacking I, depth. But what my thing is like, what is like, why is it so like, why is it? In my opinion, now it's becoming a necessity. Yeah. To have that. And it blows my mind. 
you don't need that to I get be what a you're good saying. Oscar movie. Yeah. And it, it's ridiculous. Why can't we just have a fun, lighthearted movie? Yeah. Lighthearted movie yeah. about two people coming together, either being in love or being great friends. Because that's when I left the theater, I was I was like, man, this is really great, man. Yeah. And I thought about all my close friends. I thought about you. I thought about my friend Andy. I thought about like a lot of people. My friend Des, my, my friend Rob. My yeah. friend Rob is white and I'm Honduran. And we're close as heck. Close yeah. as hell. And it's and it's just, it blows my mind that we can't we can't even enjoy an award a movie for its lightheartedness when the world right now seems to be falling apart. Because mm-hmm. everything in the world is falling apart right now. And it's just it blows my mind. It just really yeah. blows my mind that that's how low we gotta get. And yeah. it's just ridiculous. All right. Uh, so to take a step back from Best Picture, right? And we're focusing a lot on this one because it's the big category and it's the one that's most discussed. So like uh, if you're getting <laughs> bored with this discussion, um well I Sure. I, skip. Sorry. <laughs> skip ahead. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but ahead. I think there's a lot to talk about here. So, all right. You already you already said that you would knock off Roma, right? You wouldn't have that in this in this group. I understand that. We we've we reviewed it. Like, go listen to our review. I think all three of us who reviewed that movie had some issues with it. Um, I know you would probably knock off Black Panther. Is there anything else that you've seen you would knock off? No. No. So, what would you put in the place of those two? I mean, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go through what I've seen, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know um, one for sure. Which one is that one? Infinity War, because you had that movie ranked rated so freaking high. <laughs> I think it's best picture material, but I'm not gonna, whatever. No, no. If you were, <laughs> if you gonna, were choosing the nominees, put, what would you? I would put Infinity War in okay. there. I think, well, I think Infinity honest, War deserves it. it. Um. Let me see. Let me. I, I gotta go back to my ratings here and see yeah. what I got. Um, All right. So that would take the place of Black, Black Panther. So what are you replacing Roma with? I'll tell you one that I would put in there. What would you put in there? Well, uh, First Man. I think First Man was grossly underappreciated at the Oscars this year. Um, and another one. Another one. And this is a big one that I think you might agree with me on. Creed Two. Creed 2 was so disrespected yes. this year. No, yes. It was nominated for nothing. And ah, that drives me insane. Creed that 2. That drives me insane. I would have even given a, 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 an Oscar nod to Michael B. Jordan. Agreed. Michael B. Jordan or, or, uh, or Drago. Yeah. One of the, um, definitely the father. Look, I mean, I mean I, that movie was amazing. I think yeah. that movie was definitely... I'll agree with you yeah. on that one. Creed all 2. Right. So, all right. I... I I hate to say this, and I know a lot of people would... I know there are a lot of people who love this movie, and I hate that nobody on our podcast liked it or loved it. But Roma, I, I would knock off Roma, uh, personally. But the, I don't think Roma... I, I, the thing that... I mean, I just don't think Roma is... I mean, I don't... I mean, it, it, I think the people where people like it is because it's, it's very... It seems very classical. But, I mean, for me, it's just... It's not... It's not best picture material. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, not. Look, and we're we're in the minority, and that's that's fine. You know, I don't. You know, that's just, this is our opinion. All right. So Roma, I would knock off. I would knock off Bohemian Rhapsody in a heartbeat, um, and Black Panther. Obviously, I would knock off. So uh, that leaves me three slots, right? Mm-hmm. So I would put in Creed two. I would put in First Man, and hmm, that last spot is interesting. I would probably go Eighth Grade. Maybe even hereditary. 
if ooh, hereditary is a, to- a tough one. I I would probably put it <laughs> now that you, you want to talk about an unpopular opinion. I, I might put hereditary in over. Do I say a Star is Born? Uh, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't Star know. is Born is. I think that Star is Born is best picture. Yeah, I yeah, I know. It's Star. hard. It's hard. I, <laughs> I think Hereditary is a tough call for me. So I, I don't know. But those other three definitely. I think Eighth Grade was completely disrespected. Um, it's strange that it yeah, was. That and blew I, my well, I blew my mind. I I think I was. think part of it. I didn't even get like a. It, Oscar, like that, the actors didn't even get an Oscar. That, that yeah, nothing. It's crazy. Um, but I think part of it has to do with the fact that they've been on a little bit of a kick of uh, these um, coming of age movies, and I think maybe they were kind of thinking, uh, I don't know if this one is like better than Lady Bird or you know some of these other uh, coming of age movies that we've been nominating recently. And I, but I don't know. That's silly to me. Eighth Grade kind of is really really good. So. Uh, I don't know, eighth grade. I, I I'm juggling for that last slot between eighth grade and hereditary, but I, either one of those I would have taken uh, over Roma, Bohemian Rhapsody, or Black Panther easily. Like all three of those can go, uh, please. Um, and Bohemian Rhapsody, it it was scary for a second. There it was winning a bunch of awards. I think it won the most awards of the night, and people were like thinking, "Oh my gosh, this movie is going to win Best Picture." And thankfully it didn't. <laughs> well, kind of thankfully it didn't because now we have to deal with this insanity of people like hating on Green Book. But uh, I'd take that over Bohemian Rhapsody winning Best Picture any day. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to director. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron won for Roma. Um, you had Yorgos Lanthimos was also nominated. Spike Lee, Adam McKay for Vice. And uh, something like Powett. Poet, it's a it's a foreign name for Cold War. Um, yeah, <laughs> never seen Cold War. I tried to find it. It's impossible. It's not in the U.S. anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Alfonso Cuarón won. I, even though we're not big fans of Roma, like I kind of get where this is coming from. Like it's a very well put together movie. I just it didn't hit for me. The issue was the story didn't necessarily get to me. Uh, emotionally and I didn't really connect with what was really happening on the screen um and yeah so it was it was up for screenplay too I think if I'm not mistaken yes it was and that's kind of silly to me like I wouldn't have given a screenplay director is interesting but to me if I'm picking from this list I'm going with uh Yorgos Lanthimos and eh, Spike Lee maybe like Spike Lee I think he directed the hell out of Black Klansman so that's an interesting one too. Um, uh, have you? What have you seen? You've only seen Black Klansman on this list, correct? Or Roma? Black Klansman and Roma. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have too much to say on this one, but uh, what? All right. So if you're not picking Roma, which I'm assuming you're not, uh, do you go Spike Lee, or is there something off the board that you would go with? You would have gone with. Between Spike Lee and, and Adam McKay. You haven't seen Vice. It's <laughs> a <Does it> matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but it, there's there's nothing like not nominated that you would have considered. Um, I mean, I would have done Mission Impossible Fallout. Ooh, interesting. 
He's one of those guys who I could see, like, them kind of sneaky giving an award to one day, you know? Like, he just makes one of these movies that, uh, and they kind of give him an award for everything he's done with the action genre, you know? I think, I think that movie, if I had to fill three slots in it, it's probably going to be, like, it's going to be Avengers Infinity War again. Yeah. I mean, I got to give it to the, you got to give it to the directors. But... (laughs) I'm, I, that's you what I'm saying. That movie, like, man. I, I, I'm not listen. I'm just the only reason why I'm bringing it is is this was, in my opinion, that that was one of the hardest movies to make this year. From being honest, that was one of the hardest. That's movies a good together. argument. I like that argument. That's actually, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's why. That's the only reason why. Because I mean, I this like movie that wasn't easy. Yeah. You have to put fifty. You have to put around fifty characters in a movie, introduce a big bad villain. And you have to make sure that each character has a star moment. Mm-hmm. And you, these and these aren't just regular characters; they're iconic characters in pop culture now. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's it, it's very hard to do that. And they pulled it off. That's what I'm saying. Like I would have. Like, I, I like it. I like that argument. I like it. That's what I'm saying. Um, that's why we give it to the Russo brothers because they've they've done a great job. And I think if you're gonna reward them with any movie, I would say Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um. So that'd be my number two, and I think my last one would be Fifty Shades Free. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> I'm like, but right. um, I think I would give it to I think I would honestly give it to either Bradley Cooper for Star Is Born or the eighth grade director. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a good. Because both call. of those, I think, I think, I honestly think that I mean, honestly, that's such that a, eighth Cooper grade is snubbed. a great call. And eighth grade is also also got snubbed. I think yeah. both those movies got snubbed. So. I mean, I would have taken that Alfonso Cuaron. No offense. I'm glad that he won. He's let the know, you know? <laughs> I, I hey, back-to-back back years, man. We got, I don't think, I, we got I know, GD, I GDT last year I, and Alfonso Cuaron. Hey, that's great. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I would have given it to those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So if, if I'm taking people out, I you know, it's hard because I haven't seen Cold War. Um, but, you know, that's like the only thing it was nominated for, which is a strange thing. Uh, that and obviously Best Foreign uh, Language Film. So, I mean, I guess like naturally I'm taking that one out just because I haven't seen it. But again, I haven't seen it. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, I'm probably taking out. Eh, I'm probably taking out McKay. Like, I think. I I don't I, don't get me wrong I think he did a great job but I think there I think the eighth grade one is one it's like that movie as we've talked about I think the term I used was brilliantly awkward that movie is so well done and that doesn't happen without the direction from Bo Burnham so yeah I I, I think that's a great one to bring up and then you know, I hate to keep bringing up the same movies, but I think this is going to speak to what we think are the best movies of the year. And Hereditary, again, like, man, some of those sequences are crazy. <laughs> and that movie made <laughs> you feel a certain kind of way coming out of it. And that doesn't happen, again, with the atmosphere that they put you in. A lot of that has to do with how the movie is directed. So, yeah. All right. That being said, let's move on to the acting categories. And um, let's start with actor... Rami Malek wins for Bohemian Rhapsody. This was probably the most predictable award of the night. Everyone knew this was happening, even though, let's be honest, uh, I don't think it should have. Uh, To me, this is 
this goes Christian Bale, Rami Malek, Viggo Mortensen, and then everybody else kind of doesn't matter. Like, it's those three in that order, in my opinion. And to me, it's as good as Rami Malek is. And I'm not a huge fan of Bohemian Rhapsody. I've made that kind of clear at this point. But Rami Malek is not the problem with that movie. He gives a brilliant performance, but Christian Bale is better completely and totally. And Christian Bale should have won this year. There's not a doubt in my mind, and it's kind of crazy that he didn't for that performance that he gave in Vice as Dick Cheney. Um, that's basically all I have to say. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say in this category? Uh, I spoke to Brianna yesterday, I believe. Okay. And she was very eccentric about Remy Malik winning. Uh, she was very thrilled. A lot she, of people are. She was like, I know um, my Freddie Mercury. My Freddie Mercury... Um, Expert, in her own words, is what she said. And she's very thrilled so she, that he gave a brilliant performance and, um, you know, that he deserved it. Take it with a grain of salt. She's only seen, I think, two of these movies. Mm-hmm. So, and I've only seen two of these movies, too. I think I would have given it to Viggo Mortensen. I, I just really love this performance. Yeah, I love the ones you've seen here. But you you didn't see the uh, you didn't see Bohemian or uh, Vice, so that makes sense. That's my number three, so that makes sense to me for what you have seen. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the best uh, speech of the night, and that best speech of the night came from Olivia Coleman. Have you seen her speech? Nope. She it's just genuine, pure joy on the stage. Like it is, in, it's a great speech. I highly encourage you to check it out um, on YouTube and everything. Um, and one of the funniest moments is she, because uh, Glenn Close now has infamously been nominated seven times uh, f- for Oscars and never won. Um, she, uh, yeah, she, she's won seven, t- or she's been nominated seven times and never won. And Olivia Coleman is like, oh, Glenn Close, I love you. This is not how I wanted it to happen. And it's like, it's really funny because like, she obviously, she's very happy about winning, but it's like everyone... Everyone and their mom thought Glenn Close was finally going to win tonight, um, and it didn't happen, and it goes to Olivia Coleman for the favorite, and it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, uh, I'm not upset about Olivia Coleman at all. Um, Lady Gaga is an interesting one, too. I might have leaned that direction. Um, but Olivia Coleman, I'm completely and totally fine with that uh, with her performance winning. Uh, Glenn Close, I as much as, like, everyone, again, everyone was predicting Glenn Close wins. Uh, I did not see that movie <laughs> again because it was. I don't even remember this movie coming out in theaters. I don't think it did come out in theaters anywhere near me. Um, so I'm sorry I didn't see it. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, and then Melissa McCarthy, I didn't see either. Uh, that one is my fault. I blame myself for that one. I should have seen that movie. Um, yeah, and then uh, Yalitza Aparicio it was yes. nominated for Roma as well. And that one was a surprising nomination, but I think it kind of makes sense i'm not upset about that even us again even us who did not yeah, like, like the movie yeah, 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 were completely yeah, fine not, with her performance yeah yeah i thought she did a really great she does job, a great job. Not even, yeah i'm not yeah. even mad at that nomination i would have yeah. given it to her yeah that nom. oh um, yeah. would you have given her the win i think you've only seen that in a star is born right uh, yes so. um i might have given it to her i think she did i think she did really well with the mm-hmm. with the material that she had it's a really close call for me, I, I I really loved Lady Gaga in, yeah. in *A Star Is Born*. I, she was she was my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I don't. I mean, it, it, there was really too close to call. Mm-hmm. Um, I possibly would have given it to Lady Gaga, but I mean, again, 
Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's close. I gotta. I mean, I would have to see both again, but I'm not willing to watch Roma again. So that's <laughs> uh, my issue. <laughs> yeah, one that uh, you know, one that I would kind of throw in. You know, I don't if, if we're talking a little bit about snubs here as well. One that I would probably throw in here is Emily Charlize Blunt. Theron and Emily Blunt. Both of those. I, I would have given in. Emily Blunt for a quiet place. For me, that blows my mind that she wasn't even nominated. Yeah, and they could have even done the kind of funny categorying of, you know, pushing her in a quiet place to supporting and then also giving her a nom for um, for Mary Poppins, which I would have been fine with as well. Um, so Emily Blunt, again, I'm glad you were the first <laughs> were the first one to bring her up so I don't sound crazy when I say <laughs> Emily Blunt should have been nominated for two roles this, this was, time. It's insane. This was like her year. It's like, crazy. It's insane that she didn't even get nominated. Yeah. I'm really upset For nothing. When that's, she... one of, that's another reason why I didn't watch it. Oh, gosh. Like, I'm boycotting for Emily Blunt. <laughs> it's, it's so insane to me. Yeah, Emily Blunt should have been nominated for two things. She gets nominated for nothing, and it's insane to me. Um, it's silly, actually, but... Yeah, um, but again, what am I taking out from there? It's a good question. Uh, I mean, again, I, it's the natural thing is for me to take out the two that I haven't seen. Um, but if I'm taking, if I'm forced to take out one from, you know, the ones that I have seen, ugh, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess is it is it Yulitsa? But I, I hate that because she's great in that movie. I don't know. I don't know. If I had to take out Olivia, either Olivia Coleman, Yulitsa. Or Lady Gaga, oof! I don't know what I'm taking out to be honest. Like that, I think that would it be was a, tough a really call. great year for for women. It, it really was. I mean, it, it, actress it was really is a tough. great category this year. It was, yeah. Um, all right, moving on to best supporting actor. Um, Mahershala Ali won for Green Book. Uh, Adam Driver uh, won or was nominated for Black Klansman as well. Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice. Uh, Mahershala Ali, I am completely fine with winning. Actually, uh, if anything, if anybody would have been like, would have been pushing him, it's maybe Sam Rockwell, because he did a he did a great job as George W. Bush in Vice. He really is. He's really funny in that movie. Um, so yeah. Other than that, it, it, to me, it's either Mahershala Ali or Sam Rockwell. There's not. Uh, not, nothing else that I can think of off the top of my head that I would say was definitely snubbed here, unless you can think of anything. I don't know. Is there any supporting actors that you can remember that should have gotten respect? Man. Um, I mean, I'd have to think. Yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah, I I can't really yeah, think I mean, of anything it, off the top it, of my head. Yeah, I can't think I can't think of anything off the top of my head, honestly. Um, man, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I like the three that are there. I I wanted to see um, Vice. I still haven't gone around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't think I would change that necessarily. Like that necessarily that, that the list necessarily. I don't think I would change it. Um, wait, what about uh, uh, oh, what's his face? From uh, he he was in that movie that only you saw. It was with Steve Carell and uh, Timothy oh, Chalamet. Uh, would you nominate yeah, him? Timothy Chalamet. Yes, I would nominate him. Who are you I taking? I think it's really amazing. Yeah. I would have taken out Richard E. Grant. 
Well, yeah, because you haven't seen it. I'm, I'm taking out... Yeah, I, mean, I, I think you might disagree with me on this one, but I think Sam Elliott's an easy one to take out for me. Like, I think he does a really good job, but is it, like, best supporting actor good job? I don't think so. I love Sam Elliott. I, I know. Like, that's why really I think amazing. you would disagree with me, but I think if you're just looking at that performance, like, he's good, but, like, I think he's an easy one to bump off for me. I know where you're going, but I I can't give it to you. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Sam Elliott. I know, I know. I love his work. <laughs> I've yeah. seen everything that he's been in up to, like, a, a lot of what he's been in. Uh, well, a lot of his recent things. Like, I'm a huge fan of The Show, The Ranch. Yeah. I loved A Hero. I loved I loved his role in, um, in what is it, A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, I think he really did an amazing job with the role. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm giving it to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I'm going to talk about her as a snub in the next category, uh, I have to say, um, with, uh, Nicole Kidman, like, I remember seeing the trailer for Destroyer, and I feel like that movie just kind of came out and nothing, like, ever, I didn't hear anything about that movie. And I, that's kind of the Tarion model of if a movie is, if he should see a movie or not, is if the movie comes out and you don't hear anything, that's a bad sign. Um, so, uh, so I, that's kind of unfortunate because I think Nicole Kidman in the trailer looked incredible in Destroyer, but Nicole Kidman was a snub for the next category that we're going to talk about as Best Supporting Actress, because she probably should have been nominated for, uh, Boy Erased. Um, but that being said, Best Supporting Actress, who won? It was Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, Amy Adams was nominated for Vice, um, uh, Marina de Tavaria for Roma. Emma Stone for the favorite and Rachel Weisz for the favorite. I'm completely okay with both uh, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz for the favorite. And I would have been fine if they would have won, to be honest. Both of them were incredible in this movie. And if you haven't seen it, Ozzy, I know you haven't seen this movie. You need to watch this movie. It's so freaking good. Um, I I loved it. Um, I would take out uh, Marina de Tavaria for Roma. Uh, Amy Adams, I'm leaving in because all hail Amy Adams. Regina King, she won, and that's I, I, some people really loved her performance in that movie. I think it's really good. Like I, it didn't like knock me off my feet. Like it did a lot of people. Like I might even bump her off this category. Like if I had to fit more people on, which is crazy because she won. <laughs> like I, I think she's really good. Like I don't think she's bad in the movie at all. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like. Uh, I'd be curious to see what you thought of her performance if you saw that movie. Um, but what about this category? Uh, did, did you see any of these? Yeah, you saw Roma, right? That's the only thing I saw. Yeah, so uh, if you're filling up this uh, category of movies you've seen, is, <laughs> do you have any that you can think of? Uh, man. Um, I, don't even, I really don't have anything off the top of my head. All right. So, like, I wouldn't even know. Like, I I mean... Would you go Claire Foy for First Man? Maybe. But, I, like, her performance didn't blow me away. hmm Yeah. I, there was nothing explosive about her performance that made me go... Yeah. This is going to be the Oscars, man. Yeah. Like, it, I got it didn't you. really blow me away. Um, not this, not, not, and I'm not saying that she didn't do amazing. I'm mm-hmm. just saying like it, it didn't really, it didn't gravitate me at all to really move me uh, towards her direction. Yeah, definitely. 
I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's. Eh. I, this is a pretty solid category. An underrated one. I don't think you ever saw this movie because I think I reviewed this with Tarion. Did you see Widows? No, I did not. This is going to be my out of left field one. <laughs> my out of left field like should have been nominated. Um, I cannot stress enough that Elizabeth Debicki in Widows went toe to toe acting wise with How to Get Away with M- Murder's own Viola Davis. Like, she goes toe-to-toe with Viola Davis, who is, like, one of the best working today. Uh, she's incredible in that movie, and I... That, that's my out-of-left-field. She had zero chance, but I think, you know, it, if all was right in the world, she would have been given more consideration. All right. Um, all right, let's group together real quick. Um, we're, we're just going to talk about a few more. We'll, we'll talk about the screenplays, and we'll talk about animated and maybe cinematography, and that's it. All right. The screenplays. We had Green Book won for original. Um, the favorite, First Reformed, Roma, and Vice were also nominated. And then for adapted, Black Klansman won, um, which is Spike Lee's first win, uh, first Oscar win ever, period, which is crazy. Uh, for, and also nominated was The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Can You Ever Forgive Me, um, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Uh, what stands out to you in these writing categories? Absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I mean, again, I mean, again, this is this is why it's hard for me to speak about this because I mean, it's very hard. I didn't see a lot. Yeah. So I mean, for me, I, got I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine with Green Book winning. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I did I did love the dialogue in that one. I really did love the dialogue. It was really deep. Um, and I really did love it. Um, as far as Black Klansman, I would not have said with Black Klansman at all. Like I loved Black Klansman. I loved the script in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really both were really well done. I, I'm not mad at either of those wins. Um, I am upset about original. I as much as I do like again, I do like Green Book. I don't think it's like best picture and like best original screenplay. Like the favorite to me is the clear answer here. The favorite should have won this category. Period. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have Roma. I probably would have taken out. I, I, I don't know. It's um, that's the one category I would take it out from. Uh, cinematography, I would not have, but we'll get there. Uh, Black Klansman is fine. I'm completely fine with that one. I agree with you there. Um, that one makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest. So yeah. All right, best animated animated feature film. Here we are. Uh, they did it. They did the impossible. Like I tweeted when I when this happened that I am genuinely shocked that they made the right choice here. Like I was rooting for this movie, but I had I had zero faith that it was actually going to happen. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse won Best Animated Feature Film, ending the never ending streak of Disney movies winning. Uh, I'm assuming you're on board with this. Uh, yes, I would have been <laughs> fine if either Isle of Dogs or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won, mm-hmm. and one of those movies won, so I'm super, I'm really glad. Like, yeah. it's hard for me to be upset, because I love both those movies so much. Yeah. So, I thought they both, I mean, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, to me, it kind of, uh, you would disagree with me here, and that's completely fine, but to me, it goes Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Incredibles 2, and then Isle of Dogs, in that order, and basically, again, nothing else matters from beyond there, it's those three. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is like leaps and bounds ahead. And their uh, friend of the friend of the show, TD, 
uh, tweeted that if Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse wasn't animated, we'd be talking about it a lot more for the Oscars. And I completely agree that because it's animated, it did not get the respect it deserves. This movie I was best picture worthy. Yes, that's yes. exactly what I was going to say. Yes, it is best, best picture. picture worthy. We forgot I about it in that discussion, but that goes to show how we, even us, subconsciously do not treat uh, these movies with the respect they deserve. So I agree with you. All right. Um, so that's animated. And last one we'll talk about is cinematography. So that's the last like major one. Oh, I, editing, we'll talk about editing too. Uh, cinematography, Roma won. Uh, Cold War was nominated. Oh, okay. Well, it was nominated from one, one other category. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Um, so uh, Roma, Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, which I've literally never heard of, and A Star is Born. Um, Roma's the clear winner here. I, yeah. Uh, the, we're on the same page there. <laughs> I believe that if, uh, one, the one thing I remember about that review is that we all complimented the cinematography. Oh, it's a beautiful so, yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Very beautiful movie. So, yeah. yes, I will give the cinematography to Roma. That's the one thing I could actually, besides actress, I would have nominated it for. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Um, last category we're going to talk about here is film editing. Now, this is by far, to me, like, I know everyone's all up in arms about Green Book, and, you know, it's a controversial pick completely. Like, I, I understand that people are upset about it. It's controversial. But this is the most ridiculous win of the night, by far. Bohemian Rhapsody won for Best Film Editing. This is terrible. <laughs> this is literally, like, you know, I, I, I don't understand people saying, like, that, you know, uh, that Green Book was a bad movie that won Best Picture. But this, Bohemian Rhapsody, is a poorly edited film that won Best Film Editing. That's incredible. It really is. Like, it's so crazy. This movie, like, there is a clip going around the internet. Like, do a quick Google search and you will find it of a scene that people, like, this has been going around. This has happened multiple times where it surfaced on the internet. And it happened again uh, the other day when the Oscars happened, when this won. Because there's a clip of this movie that's just a scene from this movie that is so terribly edited. Like, it cuts so many times in a a minute and 45 second conversation, it is headache inducing. It really is. It's so bad. And it's just an example of that movie and how it's not put together very well at all. And it is hilarious that this movie won for best editing. The funniest thing I saw for the entire night was, I think that they, the Academy of Voters misread the award and they thought it said most film editing, not best film editing. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I saw the entire night. It was hilarious. And it's so true. It's so bad. This is the worst. The worst one by far. Uh, Vice should have won, by the way. Um, uh, also, um, another movie that got disrespected, Crazy Rich Asians, should have been nominated for this, as well as one of the screenplay categories, by the way. Um, Crazy Rich Asians got disrespected completely by the Oscars. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> get Bohemian Rhapsody out of here, throw Crazy Rich Asians in here, and then you have a halfway decent looking list, and then Vice should have been at the top of that because Vice should have won. But I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this category? <laughs> so bad. No. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I do have something to say. This will be the last one I talk about. The best of visual effects. Oh, okay. First Man. That really pissed me what? off. What? Yes. 
Are you are you are you kidding me, Carlos? Are you kidding me? Are you are you really kidding me right now? You have powerhouses. That's basically all visual effects. Infinity War. You have all visual effects. Ready Player One. You have amazing visual effects for Christopher Robin. You have amazing visual effects for Solo or Star Wars Story. And you go for First Man? No offense. I would have nominated First Man for a couple things in this, including cinematography. But come on. Best visual effects? That is some B. S, it, the right thing, there. the thing with first I man. Even nominate, nominate what? First okay, that's for, crazy. For All right, uh, like, right. like that's the one that I would take away because I think Annihilation is better. I don't think in visual. That's what I think about visual effects. When I think about visual effects, it's what I think about. Yeah, it's not. It, it's still. It's still a very. That's what I'm saying. I would have nominated nominated it for cinematography because I think cinematography wise, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But visually, I mean, it, I mean, I don't know. It's just. Visually, sure, it's it's still fine, but that would be like if I had to take one away, that'd be the one I would have to take away. But for me, yeah, I I get uh, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like it's not as flashy. It's just I think that that's what we get a little bit lost in, and I think that's what the academy gets lost in sometimes too. Well, no, I think the academy kind of gets lost in the opposite way, where they they're they're kind of more like me, where it's like you know it's like. They, they they want they want these movies that kind of incorporate visual effects, but it's not like the scent the focus of the show. Um, and I think that's what First Man does. Like it incorporates, it uses visual effects perfectly. Like it's exactly how you want to use them. It you can't tell that they're happening when they're happening. It doesn't look like it's a visual effect happening. And I think that's generally what I lean towards in this category. Now there are exceptions to that. Um, you know, things like Avatar, things like um, um, uh, Planet of the Apes, you know, like th- there are sec- exceptions to that where like it's the focus of the show and it is mind boggling. To me, I guess the only the only thing is like other than maybe Ready Player One, like I don't think any of this is on that level of like mind bogglingly good. And it is the center of the show for a lot of these things. Um so I, I guess it's just a different it's a, just a different approach to the category, and I think your approach is completely valid. I just think that it's just different than the approach the academy takes to it. If that makes any sense, you you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. It's just it, I don't, it's uh, weird. It's a weird category to judge, you know. Yeah, I was very blown away. Like I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going. I was like, what? <laughs> that was like my table. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Um, uh, last thing I want to yeah. last thing I want to ask you about is just because I know it'll get you a little fired up. How does it uh, strike you that Black Panther is the first MCU movie to ever win an Oscar? <laughs> well, they won again. They won. Uh, they won the uh, soundtrack. Uh, they won uh, costume design and production design and score. Yeah, but I'm not really. I'm honestly, when I think about the costume design and for the score, I'm not mad. Yeah. Because for me, if this is gonna be, uh, if this is gonna be kind of a, uh, what is it, a uh, bold statement? I think Black Panther has the best score in all the MCU. I really. Do. I agree. Like if that's if that's if it's a, the if only it's other a one that stands out is Avengers. Yeah, I mean, I love the score in in, in Black Panther more so than, than than Avengers Infinity War. That's the only thing that I'll ever. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, I, I did like I love this. I mean, I think Black Panther made an iconic score. Like every time when you think of Wakanda, you think, and, and I agree with Noah, you think about those drums. Yeah. And it it it's, you know, I I think it, it deserves for for. I think it deserves it for score. Yeah. Also, the costumes. The costumes in Black Panther are phenomenal. Oh, they're great. So I'm yeah. not even mad about. I'm not even mad about the costume uh, design either. Yeah. Um, production design. I can't even blame it either. So I mean, I'm 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 mad that it's the first nominated. Yeah, one, I know. But I'm not yeah. <laughs> mad that it won those categories because yeah. I do think that they did do an excellent job with with what it with what it did. I think if you're going to judge it for those qualities i do think that they excelled and i do think that it deserved it for each of those categories so yeah i'll definitely give it to them definitely definitely all right well i think that pretty much wraps it up for us unless you have anything else to say um i really like the show i think that they have some things that they can still improve on they can still shorten the show unfortunately it doesn't look like the musical acts are going anywhere because the music one particular musical act was the most talked about moment of the night uh, being Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, um, which please stop rooting for people to break up with their significant others, people. Like, that's a terrible thing to do as a human being. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. I don't understand why people are doing this willingly. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so uh, they, have, they have stuff they can improve on, but for the most part, I think that this was a surprisingly, like, smoothly run event. And the only uh, thing I would really like super complained about is come on like let's be let's boo john bailey that man is a terrible terrible president of the academy boo him let's treat him like the commissioner of the nfl like he gets booed at every nfl event like that like yeah that kid that kid gets it <laughs> that kid gets it john bailey it. bad president of the academy all right i agree <laughs> maybe all right. Um, <laughs> Heard John Bailey and he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ozzy, want to close no. this out? <laughs> um, yeah, man, we're gonna be able to find you on social media. All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shuri four five six. Make sure you follow us all over social media, all at Screen Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, website, all of it. Um, yeah, Chucky's doing a great job over there. Go check out some of his reviews. Sorry I haven't been uh, sharing them on the socials, Chuck. I haven't been sharing anything on the socials recently. I just don't have the time. Um, but, you know, hopefully this episode will be shared, and hopefully it will come out at a decent time. So, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Um, and you guys can find me on social media at, um, well, on Twitter, at Castro. I'm sorry. Yeah, Castro Ozzy. <laughs> And you guys can also find me uh, if you guys have any recommendations, anything that you want to say back to me. But what I said earlier today, you guys can definitely uh, email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellas.com. Guys, we do hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, check out the YouTube channel. Guys, this is Screenfellas. Screenfellas.